Okay. Uh, All right, guys and gals, here we go. Guys and gals, hashtag guys and gals. Well, now you're talking about um, mature men and then an immature woman as a girl. So, <laughs> Men and women, here we are, hashtag men and women. Now, why uh, you got to say men first? You see yeah, what I'm saying? Why so, you got to see? Why you got to say Human beings. <laughs> If that's not reference to animals in my <laughs> well, sex, Homo sex, sapiens Sexism sapiens. Sexism, yeah. man, sexism Okay homo sapiens uh, Some of people's one time What up what up what up Welcome back ladies and gentlemen You are listening to Across the Intersection Podcast This is AJ We in here We got the full cast of characters today I got Avery, Eve, and Dan Hey everybody What's going on? We thank you for listening to us this week We got a full slate Of salacious information Um, And it's been a few weeks since we uh, recorded You know we had the Thanksgiving holiday For those of you who celebrate the uh, slaughter of indigenous people. Or thanks taking, as or, some people call yeah, it. Yeah, thanks taking. There you go. That's a good one. Um, so I was out of town uh, last week. Was up in uh, NY with some family. By the way, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the above. We are at Across This on Twitter, um, Across the Intersection on Facebook. Please follow us, like us, shake our hands, say hello. Um, you can listen to our illustrious podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, The Streets, <laughs> wherever you want to hear it. Um, you, you'll hear my lovely voice. Um, and please follow us individually on social media. I am at Divinimus, D-I-V-E-N-O-M-O-U-S. That's on Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, even I don't do nothing really on Instagram. I got like a hundred people follow. I don't do nothing on Instagram. Um, uh, you can check follow out. Dan on Twitter. I still don't have Twitter. Uh, you can check me out on Diary of a Redeemed Center at WordPress.com or just hit me up on Facebook, Daniel Unger. And this is Eve. You can catch me on, um, what am I on Twitter? E to the V to the E. Yeah, that's it. No. Am I E to the V to the E? I sure hope so. That's who I follow on there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's me, where I talk about on Twitter everything that I can think about. Yeah, and this is Avery. I'm on Twitter at a very good idea. So, yeah. Anyway, so as I was saying about thanks taking, I'm just taking uh, Eve's term there. Um, was up at NY visiting the family, so, you know, we didn't didn't have much uh, podcasting going on last week. I was up in Long Island. Let's see, I was in Long Island, was in Queens, was in the Bronx. Yeah, so that's what I was doing last week. How was your Thanksgiving? I'm a hashtag Thanksgiving, by the way. By the way, it doesn't start with me. When I was growing up, you know, New York in the 80s and 90s, like we came up with all the, you know, we we had all kinds of terms uh, because that was sort of a revolutionary era for our generation. So yeah, Thanksgiving comes from someplace else. (laughs) But um, before Thanksgiving, I was blessed to have my vacation in the great island off of the coast of South America known as Curacao. And we just had a wonderful time. The water was perfect. I saw perfect. those pictures, yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Water was perfect. Going down and helmet diving on the sea, I mean, on the floor of the Caribbean Sea was perfect. Nice. You know, um, the salt content in the water that allows you to tread for two hours straight was working. So, nice. yeah, it was just a great, 
vacations are very important, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a few years since I've taken a real one, and I'm realizing this has to be a part of the rotation. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I remember when I went one time to the Caribbean and I did scuba diving. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. It was amazing. You guys, y'all, 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 y'all Thanksgiving must have not been as nice as Curacao. <laughs> not, not quite. Uh, yeah, we just had a small thing at our house with me, my wife, my son, her mother and sister, and then went over to in my sister's house where my side of the family was. Nice. So do you guys do pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? If you didn't know, that's the white question, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have either. So. There you oh, go. Okay, yeah. Good, because squash does not belong in a pie. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Next. Squash. Well, holidays are uh, typically challenging for me. Uh, I am still uh, very, uh, still trying to reconfigure and work on, um, I guess, my belief system and what it is that uh, I feel necessary to celebrate. Right. Uh, the term holiday means holy day if you get specific. And so this uh, conflation between things that are holy and, and things that are national can be very difficult for uh, someone of uh, of my composition and experience. So uh, with that said, I did spend some time with uh, family and friends and uh, went over a friend's house, uh, had a good time, and uh, spent some time working on some things that weekend. Nice. And, yeah, here we are. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hashtag thanks taken and, you know, in – in light of what Ava just said, yeah, sometimes it's we 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 joke and say things like thanks taken, but you gotta say sometimes. I remember when it wasn't until we started to teach our children because you know I you know I said it before we we homeschool our children, and so one of the things that homeschooling forces you to do is like you gotta study, and so it wasn't until like I started teaching my own children <laughs> about things like Thanksgiving, you really see the real history because they don't teach you that in school, right? So when you go and do your own research, and you're like. Wow, like, really? <laughs> like, well, okay. And so one of the things my wife and I have done since our children were little, we have told them the truth. You know, we've told them the truth about things like Thanksgiving and we, you know, we, I tell them the truth about Christmas. Like, yo, this is not, you know, this is not when Jesus was born. This is just what people have decided to observe his birthday. But if you look at the calendar, he wasn't born in the winter. Like, I mean, we, we went in. You know, and so that's just, but that was like us doing our own kind of that research. That was you guys being parents. Yeah. And, the, and the reality is. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is. The reality is. is parents are the first teachers. Right. And a lot of times when people say, I didn't learn this in school. I didn't learn that at school. There are certain things that parents are supposed to teach. I'm yeah. not, school, especially public schools, are a part of a government system. Yeah. And they're created to uh, make citizens appropriate to what that government wants to put out every generation Boom. so obviously if you're a parent you know that's the, the teaching and learning process should be facilitated by then by them and not only that the school system should just be one of their resources anyway yeah yeah well uh, carter g woodson says that there are two educations that a man receives the first is the one that he's given and the second is the one that he gives himself mm-hmm. So I think that's very important what it is that you're doing. Yeah, yep, no, yep. definitely. So yeah, guys. So we got a lot on the slate this week to chit chat about, and yeah, uh, that's kind of sexist. I don't know if you picked that up. What? What you just said? 
Yeah, you said yeah, guys. A second time you said that, <laughs> and I and I know that I said that. Uh, Carter Hashtag G. Woodson, well, Carter sure. G. Woodson says that it's two educations that a man yeah. receives, mm-hmm. and yeah. when I say man, I'm using man as in mankind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I know that that can be misconstrued to think man and man only, and women are men and all of that. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, you guys, you said that twice, man. It's kind of sexist. What's going on? Oh, I, know, I think man. even uh, in, I'm about to in, lose my media empire here. <laughs> I, I think even in you know Spanish culture, like you, if there's a group of people like boys and girls, you kind of use the male pronoun. That's mm-hmm. so it's not just American culture. It's mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. different cultures use that too. That if it's yeah, if it's like several male and a few female, they they'll use the the male term mm. above the female term. Oh, okay. Mm. All right, That's guys and gals, here we go. Guys and gals, hashtag guys and gals. Well, now you're talking about um, mature men and then an immature woman as a girl. So, <laughs> Men and women, here we are, hashtag men and women. Now, why you got to say men first? You see yeah. what I'm saying? So, why you got to see why you guys Human say men beings. First? <laughs> If that's not referencing animals, am I? <laughs> well, sex, homo sapiens, sexism, sapiens. sexism, yeah. man, sexism. Okay, homo sapiens, mm-hmm. sapiens. Oh, but what about the Neanderthal? No, I'm just kidding. All right, so homo that's sapiens. So. Here we go. We're gonna get into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna respect my brother's uh, wishes here. I'm gonna reference homo sapiens. Um, <laughs> I can't even say it without struggling. Because like, I think about Homo erectus and Homo. Uh, exactly. Well, you know, historically, like, in the in the in the uh, chart that shows how people have developed, supposedly, yeah, that well, just comes well, to mind when well, Homo sapiens comes to well, mind. Well, since we're talking about it, you know, historically, Caucasians and Neanderthals made it, right? Ooh. Did you know that, mm-hmm. Dan? Did you know that that they made that chart? No, the they evolutionary... made it. Made it. Oh, they made it. Yeah, made oh, yeah, it. I heard about DNA. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no, I didn't. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Oh wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Science, <laughs> science, science. science. You got that from Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, that's all right. I was listening to that, George. She was like, "Don't you say nothing about no Neil deGrasse Tyson." It's hilarious. <laughs> um, but anyway, so speaking of of things of that nature for Homo sapiens, I'm so, like twelve percent English, by the way. Well, oh, you took it's your less DNA than test? that, yeah, but it's less than that because the twenty three immediate. Uh, yeah, nah, man. Uh, uh, Ancestry dot com. Oh, Ancestry. Yeah. Okay. Likewise. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I only did a quarter of the way through. By the way, uh, why you say it all like that? What's wrong with twenty three and me? Because I'm saying uh, oh. uh, support AfricanAncestry.com for all those people that um, have uh, you know interested in that and want to know where you are. As far as like the continent of Africa, they have okay. a much uh, stra- much much bigger, much more stratified. Uh, database as wow. opposed to Ancestry.com, which has a much more stratified database when it comes to Europe. Oh, no, I definitely so, want to do yeah. African mm-hmm. Ancestry. I did Ancestry.com. I'm very proud to say that I'm 79% West African. So that's, that's nice. how many How, how many so, lines did you do, though? One well, line or four? With uh, Ancestry.com? They must, have, they must have changed it since I did it because I don't remember that question being asked. But what I was going to tell you is that I want to do the African Ancestry one um, it's just that when I have a few hundred dollars for the male side <laughs> and a few hundred right. for the female side, then I will do the African well, Ancestry yeah, so one. With, with Ancestry.com, how many tests did you did you, uh, did you you do either yourself or, or with your family? I just did one test, and okay. then I know that they do updates of information. So, And I only saw two updates and to the point where they actually told me what kingdom the majority of my African ancestry came from, which is Dahomey, by the way. Dahomey represent. Well, the way nice. it, the the way it works for its most most accurate uh, most accurate uh, uh, representation is to do both sets of, of grandparents. Mm-hmm. 
So that tends to require yeah, they just, I think they about change four it. step four tap. No, well, it's like it has to do with like your Y, like X X Y mm-hmm. X Y chromosome, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, so I know I only did one test. So obviously the percentages change the more the more information you get back so i'm gonna look it over because yeah. when they when i like did it they just, just asked for the cheek swab and so yeah that, that's so been a few years that goes through your mother's mother's line mm-hmm. so now and then to get the full thing you want to track your mother's father's line and then my father's and, fa- exactly father's father yeah and your father's mother right exactly excellent i'm looking forward to it yeah yeah wow. yeah, 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 yeah i haven't yeah. done that yet but i that that's something that i do want to do ancestry.com right. just never i just haven't gotten around to it um so speaking about homo sapiens who are from the West African region of the world. Um <laughs> yeah, I love that segue. I'm 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 a master of that. So there was an article written, I guess it was probably uh let me see what the date here cuz it's it's not new cuz we haven't had a podcast in a few weeks guys. So I'll just say recent. Um it's by a gentleman named Daryl Harrison. Um he's a writer, podcaster. Um he's part of the Bar Network. B.A.R. Yeah. I didn't realize there was more than one black reform network, but you know, yeah. it turns out that there is. Yeah, these guys are out of Carolina. These guys are based in Carolina, not the old reformed African American. Yeah, network that they changed the name for to yeah. the witness mm-hmm. guys here. Yeah. Um, no, these guys, so they, they, they have a website and they have a couple of different podcasts. They have like the bar podcast and this other one called Just Thinking. Um, and so this was from the Just Thinking side of their group or whatever their organization but he he wrote an article recently um asking the question is you know is the message of the kingdom is the gospel is it enough anymore for black christians is that enough for believers who happen to be black right um and in it you know he he makes reference to a, a lot of different things obviously we're in a heightened era of social justice and police brutality and systematic oppression you know people are just becoming more aware to it i should say it's always been here but in an era of social media and you know information being spread instantaneously you know a lot more people are being made cognizant of it or being made cognizant to it i should say um and so what he writes in, in in his article is you know is the gospel enough anymore you know as as a christian who happens to be black as someone who believes in god whatever you want to, you know, call it. Um, do I find more solace in following like a secular humanist, right? Who just happens to be black more than I do in aligning myself with someone. And that goes both ways, right? Do, you know, do white Christians find more solace in aligning themselves with someone who just happens to, you know, fall in line with their cultural ideology? And we, we dove into that a lot last month, but this one is, I guess, the other side of that coin. For a black Christian, do I find more comfort, right? Do I do I find more commonality or camaraderie um, in someone who is a professed, you know, humanist, right? A professed secular humanist, don't who does not have the same agenda or the same goal as I do, than someone who is a believer who whose desire is to see the kingdom of Jesus Christ, right, preached in the earth. Is that is that enough anymore? Just sounds like a false dichotomy, though. You know, it assumes that it's okay to just have motives in the first place instead of being a seeker of truth. The next problem is that it does not necessarily define this gospel that he's talking about. Third of all, it doesn't necessarily define the kingdom. Some people will just limit the gospel to salvation or right. fire insurance instead of what Jesus did, which is organically describe this kingdom that was at hand. 
which is a lifestyle, which is a city coming out of heaven and right. landing on earth, and this is how you live there. Right. And so, so that's the first issue: is those types of things need to be defined. And then the second issue is uh, why do we assume that it has to be one or the other? If you get truth from a, sec- a person who claims secular humanism, but the person is bringing some kind of critical thought, there's nothing wrong with listening to that. And if a per- and on the other hand, if a person who claims to be a Christian has a very limited view culturally, then why should you just listen to that person based on them saying, "I am a Christian"? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Of course, I haven't read the article, and I can't say what it's if it's assuming that one way or the other. But I think human nature, we often tend to go to extremes, one level or the next level. I know we've talked a lot, a lot on this podcast about, you know, what what the gospel is, and that it's not just, you know, as as Eva said, fire insurance, a ticket into to to heaven, but it is a, it is a lifestyle. It is the kingdom of God it is not just in heaven, but it's here, it's now, and that uh, the gospel does include social justice. So it's not a it's not a only or. Uh, but it it should be both. But I guess the the question is though, as far as us as as human beings, I know as AJ said, we've hit a lot on kind of the white side of it, uh, as far as the white evangelicalism and a trend where they seem to be more in line with you know politically with the Republican Party, whatever whatever the Republican Party says or their candidate, they're going to go in line with them rather than, honestly, rather than the scripture, rather than the gospel. Right. So oftentimes we do, as humans, we do tend to have these dividing lines based on, you know, our, our culture, our ideology, which is not necessarily biblical and oftentimes opposed to what, what the Bible says. So, I believe that it can go both ways, not just on the, as we, as we've addressed the the white side of things, but also um, in the African American church as well. That there can be issues there as as well as them, you know, siding with, you know, the particular ideology, rather than having a balanced approach. I agree with Eva what she said. I thought that that was very poignant. Uh, And uh, I'd also like to add on that in light of that article or that dichotomy, dichotomy, there tends to be this idea that uh, if one comes to uh, accept through their own research that, let's say, the Earth is 13 billion years old, like an estimate through math, Mm -hmm. right? Same math that we use to add things up. Same math takes us all the way back through physics and all of that, 13 billion years, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's this idea that, well, that challenges what the Bible says. If we, doesn't actually say it, but if we add up the years, oh, it goes back to approximately 6,000. Well, it wouldn't be approximate because you can add it up, like 6,000 or so years, Right, so young earth, young earth theory versus older Old theory, theory. Yeah. essentially is what it is. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea that well, okay, so if I do math, uh, say you know what, I'm gonna, uh, 
I'm going to rock with the 13 billion uh, years, then I must not understand. Like I don't, I I must not understand that there's a spiritual realm. Right. That I might, I I must not understand of the possibility of uh, the biblical narrative and all that it means as far as um, as far as the Messiah, as far as. Um, those who say Jesus the Christ or Yeshua Hamashiach or whatever like that, well, you must not be able to understand or comprehend any of those things. And I actually challenge that. Right. I challenge that. Yeah. And so that's why that's why I say like there's a false dichotomy where it's like, well, you have to follow one person or the next. And actually that gets into the whole labelism that and the categorization of our American culture that we just love to do. Mm-hmm. And black Americans are Americans. Right. So 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 I would uh, is the gospel enough to answer this person's question if he wants to throw that out there I would say this I would say this I would say that in order to understand the solution one should one one should one has to understand the depths of the problem that's right. at hand now in the end you know you may still get to the same solution that somebody just gave you off break without having to do all the research and history, but you won't understand its value. Yep. You won't understand its importance. Yeah. And so I would say that no, it's not enough. I think that I think that ultimately, ultimately, um, a change of heart and a change of mind, uh, and uh, the 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 belief in us being healed by Elohim, um, I think is very important. I do, and I think that's ultimately the only key to the solution. Yeah. However, uh, I think that I think that to say that if black Christians is the gospel enough, clearly it's not, mm-hmm. um, because look where we are. Right. So the way the question has been asked by people in the past, I don't know about this man's heart, but it's been pretty cruel. Um, it is it, it, because you're coming across a historically oppressed people group. <laughs> who on this continent, we're not even talking about the rest of the hemisphere, which I, by the way, when I was in Curacao a couple of weeks ago, I mean, oh my gosh, I've never been in an environment where you see so much of the impact of the mm-hmm. transatlantic slave trade. You look at one person, they speak Dutch, another person speak Papiamentu, another person speaks Spanish. You basically saw the diaspora on that one island. But anyway, it's kind of cruel to look at a, a group of people and then say, well, I know what you've been through and I know the current reverberations, but you know, do you still, do you love Jesus? You know, do you really love him? Because yeah. if you do, you should just be talking about him. Get over yourself. Which which is exactly what missionaries did. That was exactly what missionaries did. Uh-huh. Signed, sealed, and I delivered. Did. Sent on the, <laughs> you know, on the ships and, uh-huh. and, 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 and into conquering lands to bless the land. And they no, no, definitely. Know. And it also ignores who Jesus or who Yahweh Shai or whoever, you know, the Messiah yeah. was. Yeah. You know, he's walking around. He's a woodworker. He's walking around collecting disciples, you know, and then talking about things related to it's, social justice, well, living I, in an oppressive system. So I, he addressed these issues. So to look at people and say, how about Jesus? They should look back and say, how about him? Yeah, and I guess I'll, I'll be a, Come on. somewhat of a dissenting voice. I, I will say that the gospel is enough because the gospel does include social justice. It's not limited to... Again, as I said, it's not limited to fire insurance. The you know when sharing the gospel, you know as as Eve even pointed out, you know Jesus was, you know he he was aware of people's situations. He would connect with them. Uh, so it's it's not just simply preaching Jesus and that's it. That's not that's not the gospel. That that may be our 
you know, Americanized version of it. Uh, but that's that's not the whole. The whole gospel in, includes social justice, includes caring for the whole person, not just the fire insurance and not just getting them into heaven. Um, but it does in, include, okay, how they're doing now, caring for them the now, caring for the orphan and widow. Um, these, this is in the gospel. No, you're, you're exactly right. I think what you guys have said, you know, Avery, you, guys, and Dan, you homo sapiens have said, thank you. Hashtag homo sapiens. <laughs> um, is that the the answer to because you know as I read the whole article like you know like like I told you guys in the uh, pre production meeting was that after I read the article I did some research on the guy himself and I realized okay the ilk that he's coming from so you know he has an agenda and so he asked he does ask the question in a particular way to try to pose that dichotomy to try to throw it out there but when you answer the question with a question you know you can sort of you can sort of, you know, unravel that straw man argument, right? Because the the response that I would give to that question is what gospel are you preaching? Because if you're preaching the full gospel, then yes, it is enough to, to Dan's point. But the problem is the majority of churches don't do that. The majority of churches, because he even goes into it. He mentions a lot of the oldest black churches in the country. You know, Big Bethel in Atlanta, and he references um, the first African Baptist church in Savannah, Georgia, Abyssinian up in New York. They're like 150, 175 year old churches. 200. Right, exactly. So, but he continues to reiterate all those churches ever focused on was the fact that Jesus saves. Mm. Jesus saves. That's and it's historically like, inaccurate. Yeah. Well, no, he's historically. He, no, he, actually, historically for Big Bethel, it's not. He said that their sign out front of their church for like a hundred years, it never changed. All no. it said was Jesus saved. I'm, you talking know, about impra- I'm talking about in practice. It wasn't okay, just people running around saying yeah. Jesus saves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people I'm, I'm built about communities. In terms of That's right. Just like their, the theology. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, to a certain degree, like I understand, you know, the the point because yes, Jesus does save. That's that's why he came to Earth. I get it. But if that's all he did then the moment that I would have accepted Jesus, I would have been teleported to heaven, right? There, there's actually a reason, right, that that he left me here on the earth after I accepted, you know, the relationship with him. After I embraced and decided to follow him, he leaves me here. Well, why is that? Because there's more to, I think, the quote-unquote gospel than what um, mainstream church will let on because at the end of the day they have constituents and when you have constituents you have to cater to those constituents and if those constituents if all they want to hear is jesus saves right that's all i really want to hear i don't really want to hear you know dan the spirit soul and body because if i start talking about spirit soul and body i'm gonna have to get into things that might make me uncomfortable Mm. Right. That might push me out of my comfort zone, but it is part of the 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 full, quote unquote, gospel. Right. Um, And so I I think that that's where uh, a a Christian who might be black. Right. Would then listen to, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, some of these guys who are out now, you know, some of these guys who are clearly humanists and are not looking for reconciliation, but are looking for a power transfer. But because they address you know, needs and issues that impact my life, right? They impact the lives of people. Christians who happen to be black would be inclined to listen 
They'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. That's why my neighborhood is struggling economically or that's why my schools don't receive the right funding or you know, that's why the imprisonment rate of people that look like me is, you know, is so much higher. You know, just going down the line. Whereas a person who, in terms of our belief, we would align, but in terms of anything else, you know, we are like miles apart. Yeah, and I, and I would say on the, I know we've addressed this before, on the flip side with the white Americans, I think that if the church as a whole really took a biblical approach to, you know, what the gospel says, a lot of those uh, white Americans who, you know, are the Breitbart News followers, the <laughs> all that stuff, they would stop identifying themselves as Christians. They yep. would, if, if the church actually took a stand on, on what, you know, on social justice, on these issues, then they would realize that, you know, their views don't align with what the Bible says. And, and the church leaders would recognize that as well and, and call them out for that. But because the church refuses to address these things, they feel comfortable in, you know, a lot of, yeah, these, you know, racism bigots, honestly, yeah, they feel comfortable in these churches because we're not addressing these things. Right. So there's a point that, that he makes in the article, and I just want to get y'all thoughts on it. He says um, one of the reasons that he he thinks that uh, the gospel should be enough. And again, you know, I would respond to that about in terms of what the gospel is. I just want to get y'all point before we, you know, shift off of this is he says that the overuse of words like oppression and racist and things like that. Um, he, uh, wait, 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 wait. did you just say overuse I'm just quoting the gentleman's article and he is a guy so I can say guy this time I'm just quoting wait, overuse of oppression I agree o- oppression is overused <laughs> yeah you know, overuse. Is, that, is that what he actual said? oppression is overused yes, so it should be old by now overuse of the word <laughs> oh, overuse of the word Over, oh. overuse, overuse, of the, overuse of the word he was just saying I mean his his point I think makes sense because what he's saying is when a term is overused, it removes some of the power of the term. It does. Because, it becomes cliche. Yeah, it becomes more cliche because now everything, oh, that's racist. Oh, what? You just bought them biscuits? That's right. You know, and, and everything and anything that someone may do, we start calling it racist. Biscuits, man. You know, that's the first word that came to my mind. Biscuits. <laughs> biscuits. Terrible. Yeah, uh, you know, cult- cultural, yeah, appropriation, cultural appropriation. Which is, that's one of the topics we addressed a while back. Uh, but yeah, that's something that can be overused as well. Yeah. Well, no, I'm just I'm just referencing a podcast we had earlier oh, oh, back. Oh. I don't know if you remember AJ. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, quite honestly, sounds like a, a think piece designed to get some clicks. Sounds like clickbait. Mm. Click clickbait, where it's like, okay, let me just write on whatever topics are trending, and let me mix these things up because uh, I get the idea where he's trying to patch a hole where it seems like there's a gaping, open, clear criticism and critique that people have uh, against his particular um, against his his particular group that he aligns himself uh, to, which is the black church. And rather than dealing with those critiques, it's just kind of like, well, let me go ahead and and just like like just try to plug the hole, so to speak, and say, well, y'all wrong too. <laughs> and hopefully that just kind of like yeah. stops the the tendons from dropping, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Nah, you know, I, but he doesn't really know what he's talking about. No, nah, right. I, I think he's he's he took some historical stuff and then drew some conclusions. Yeah, kinda, I'll say kinda, that. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't want to completely discredit any any person's any Homo sapiens education, <laughs> um, but uh, because we all know one part. Yeah. But but I, I yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's just I don't know. So I I just look at it as you know the my my takeaway from it again because he says is the gospel enough and my my takeaway from it is you know twofold yes the gospel is enough if we are talking about the full gospel of the kingdom yeah if it's the gospel that most Western churches prop up then agree. no then I would, I would then, then I would say no it's not enough yeah um, which is more than likely what he's talking yeah about, that's right? what he's yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. because. And the the reason that I think it's a good question to ask, although you know his you know some of the things the conclusions he might have drawn might not I might not agree with, but the reason it's a good question to ask is because you know similar to what Dan just said, you know this is a question that Christians who happen to be black have to ask themselves because what we cannot expect, and I've said this before on the podcast, is we cannot expect societal reform without spiritual transformation. We cannot expect people who are not seeking reconciliation, but just a power transfer. Like I cannot look to them for my, for the total solution, right? I can listen to them and say, oh, okay, that's a good point and just keep it moving. But I can't point to that person and say, yo, this is the guy that, or this is the woman that we have to you know, align ourselves with because that individual does not seek the reconciliation, you know, spoken about in scripture. And so that, so from that aspect, I just think it's a good question to throw out because I think what it should do is get Christians who are black to be thinking like, yo, yeah, okay, the gospel should be enough. Then why isn't it? And then we can start, you know, begin to go down and research and begin to add, you know, like the Bible says, add to our faith, you know. Um, so I, I do think it's a, it's a good question to ask. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where, Christians, we got to do better, right? Well, I think one of the ways we do better is just to think critically and behave accordingly. So we have a lot of resources at our disposal, especially now that social media is as big as it is, and I don't see it going away. Yeah. So use those resources. Don't discount a resource because a person has one deficiency or another deficiency. Use your resources. Think critically. Continue to self-examine because everybody's going through a process of our life and we're maturing in different ways that we weren't mature five years prior. So take all those things into consideration and live accordingly. Um, I think that's one solution to this. Uh, and it's difficult to be introspective because then you look at your, your past self and say, oh man, I was terrible. <laughs> but this is a part of the course of life and we yeah. need to be responsible for that, especially if you influence mentor, mentees and children you know, in your own circle. No, definitely. And so just to just to pivot off of that, because I think, you know, race is a drum that we can beat all day, every day. Right. You can sort of beat that dead horse. Um, it, it just got me thinking. And sometimes it's apples to apples. Sometimes it's apples to oranges. Right. But when you think about racism and then you watermelons to biscuits. Watermelons to biscuits. Yeah. You know, watermelons to biscuits, fried chicken to no, ham hocks. But anyway. But when, you know, sometimes it's apples to apples, right? Sometimes it's apples to oranges when you compare and contrast sexism and racism, right? And so 
there was a New York Times article, and again, these things are a couple weeks old, guys. Forgive us. You know, we've been out the pocket for a week or so. Are we about to compete in the Oppression Olympics? No, we're not going to p- compete in the Oppression Olympics. You go with that sexism again. You know. Okay. No, I'm 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 all for you know trashing people who are sexist. I'm 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 all for you know I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Like I'm I'm here for that. So you're for the oppression of sexes. <laughs> I didn't know that was a okay. thing, but okay, there we go. Okay. I'm all about yeah uh, prejudice against sexism. But the New York Times put out an article back in November 21st, and this is before you know this is like before Matt Lauer that just came out this week, before Russell Simmons. Before a, a, a few more folks that have come out in like the the last week and a half or so, and they listed thirty four people. And by come out, you mean exposed? Exposed. They yeah. didn't necessarily. Well, I mean, just but like came the, out the, the, the and news said, hey, came everybody, out. Everybody, my bad. Well, okay. no, not them coming right. out. But like the right. news they were came exposed. out. Exposed. Uh-huh. Yeah, got it. Um, and they listed thirty four names. Thirty four. Of you know different journalists, producers, directors, actors, just people who have been caught up in this whole Me Too. Even Al Franken. The senator from Minnesota yeah, that he's yeah. on there, the little and, singer dude. Sing, he plays the piano, and he's a he's a he plays the he, piano, yeah, and he's a politician. Yeah. Oh, I remember he was on SNL back in the day. Yeah. Remember oh, Al Franken okay. was on SNL, yeah. 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 But so, anyway, he was a comedian. Yeah, he was a comedian at one time. Comedian, jack of all trades, including yeah. sexism. I like Woodal Yankovic. No disrespect to Woodal Yankovic. I <laughs> right, don't his lump, name up in here. Don't lump poor Weird Al in here. Yeah, he the last one. Considering his weird is his name. Fun out this joint. His last album's name was Mandatory Fun. <laughs> he's like on the front, like looking like Stalin. I just love how he's been doing the same thing since we were in elementary school, uh-huh. maybe prior. Yeah. I just love Weird Al. Guy's brilliant. And considering Weird is in his name, he's not caught up in this. But so I was looking at this. I mean, they they, they got Charlie Rose. He got fired by CBS. Mm. I mean, they just list all the guys. I mean, we we know about Louis C.K. We talked about Louis C.K. And we talked about Weinstein. They pulled out the AR-15 on Charlie Rose. He was the last person. <laughs> I know. I mean, they. Garrison Keillor was the last person I expected. I don't even you know, know who that is. From NPR, you know. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. Mm. So, Kev, I mean, Kevin Spacey, Mark Halpern. Who that? He's a news reporter. He got fired from NBC News. I mean, like dudes get dropped instantly. Uh-huh. Like I mean, it drink come of out. Sexism. Yeah, like, like from sexism, it's yow, like yow, the little, yow. you know. <laughs> and they oh, the guys must be crazy, Johnny. Yeah, you know, oh, blowing man. Little, you little, taking little, me all yeah, the way back. Little, little, yeah. Little yeah, yeah, hit you in the back of the neck. And hit you in the back, and and and, <laughs> and they're gone. And so I was. Re- <laughs> oh, <laughs> laugh at that tragedy. I know we shouldn't be laughing at guys like people Dan's lives not falling. Though. Yeah. yeah, Dan's the, Actually, the, he the is. voice he's of reason. No, he's, he's laughing on the inside. Yeah, he's laughing on the inside. You could tell. Yeah. So I was just looking at the article. Thirty-four names, and if you want to throw in these last handful, let's call it forty. Right? Come on. 40 Why not? Names. We'll just and round five. up. Yeah. Let's just round up. You can round to four. Because the MDCs they're gonna be full by next week. <laughs> Right, I know. Right, by the time this comes out, it's going to be like two thousand names. <laughs> but this start, they go back all the way to October fifth. That's when Weinstein was exposed. That's uh-huh. the first one, right? Mm-hmm. T- Thirty-four names. We can round up to forty if you want to throw in Matt and Russell Simmons and a bunch of these other guys who've been called out recently. And so I say, man, look at how quickly because I like Matt Lauer's thing happened in twenty-four hours. Like that That's was next. crazy. Mm. Like the, I don't know if y'all saw the next morning on the Today Show. 
the other lady who's his co-host, she didn't know what to say. She was like, yeah, I was just told before the show that Matt was fired. And she- Really? I knew the night before on Twitter. Okay. She, well, she, this is what she was saying. Okay. That they were just told a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. She was, I mean, and you could, her face look, unless she's a you know, really uh, good actress. Uh, 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 yeah. She uh-huh. was kind of like, I don't know what to say right now. Mm-hmm. Matt's a good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this other lady was like sitting in for Matt. She was like, we were just told a couple hours ago. We're sorry for Matt's family. We're sorry brought in for Steve the lady. Harvey. And Tamron Hall was caught doing the cabbage patch. No, just kidding, just kidding. And the other lady, they was talking about Tamron Hall and Ann Curry. They're like, yeah, they're I, like, I wonder um, what they're doing right now. We're like, uh, what did you think? But my, my my whole point for bringing all that up, and we, you know, go through all that. And it's the New York mm-hmm. Times article. Mm-hmm. Is you know, I know Eve just said the oppression Olympics, and is it? This is not to do that. This is just to highlight a particular point. Is how quickly and how swiftly. Whew, people are dealt with when it comes to racism, I mean, sexism as opposed to racism. You know, when, when, when it comes to sexism, you know, in terms of sexist acts, like, I was shocked that Matt Lauer was fired in 24 hours. Like, he's been with NBC for like 25 years. I, you know, maybe like a little suspension or something like that, you know. I didn't expect them to get fired, but that's just me. I, like, I didn't expect Charlie Rose to get fired. I mean, these guys have been around for decades you think a little slap on the wrist because that's what you expect to see when it's a racist act. It's like, oh, you know, they get a little slap on the wrist, but they keep it moving. Like this joint is like Louis C.K., we canceling your movie. Kevin Spacey, we canceling your movie. Yeah, but you know, yeah. I don't know. That that's just a, a thought that had crossed my mind. Yeah, but I guess we do get into the apples and oranges things here because mm. the you know, the I know we mentioned a little bit in pre production, but the the physical acts you know that they're talking about um you are much different than someone saying racist words um so you'd have to get into what is what is a comparable uh a, a sexist act comparable to a racist act like what's a comparable racist act well, that me- to someone who's um f- um you know, committing sexual abuse, like what it would be someone maybe, you know, shooting and killing a black person. Yeah. Well, obviously saying they did it because the person was black or something. Yeah. overt. it's, it's hard to, it it is, I I feel that it's kind of hard to quantify uh, that. I mean, obviously if someone does a, an act and they say, you know, they hit someone, Oh, I hit you because you're black, then maybe, or I beat you up because you're black, then yeah, then that would be a comparable act. Um, and I haven't seen, as, as far as the media, I haven't seen much, expo- I've seen people, you know, exposed for saying racist words and then they'll get a slap on the wrist. I haven't yeah. heard anyone kind of doing any physical racist acts which i think is you know what we're talking about here physical sexist or sexual acts against well just to just to clarify all of these are not acts some of them are like words some of them are you know lewd text messages Mm -hmm. every single one in this list of 34 is not a like rape or groping or something like that i just want to clarify that well racism Versus sexism, racism, uh, you're talking about two deep-seated uh, isms. 
Racism undergirds this country. And look no further than the beautification of slavery. Uh, when it moved from open air slavery to beautified slavery, which is imprisonment, because uh, all all prison is is a sentence on someone to work for an extended period of time for little or no pay, and then an extended sentence when they're released for and ex- all of, exactly until ex- the day they die, regardless ex- of their crime. Exactly, and it's great marketing because they broke a they broke a law, so we could look at them and say, well, you know, good for you. So it's just, got him. Right. It's, it, yeah, it, got him is yeah. great marketing. Sexism, first of all, sexism has also is also something that has been going on for a very very long time and predates this country. But remember that approximately, uh, and you can you can search this on your own and and find out. But a lot of people may not necessarily be aware that pornography is just about maybe one third of the whole internet. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, like all, like like all of the websites, all of the servers, like all got, internet traffic. Yeah. One third is pornography. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Probably more than that. Yeah, just like well, all, over ninety percent of the email that you get is spam. It's just weeded out so yeah. that you can get the real stuff. Props to Gmail. Yeah. So sponsor us anytime, Google. Yeah. Anytime. So so you know if you understand, I'm not trying to get super spiritual, but you know if you understand like uh, chakras. And uh, you understand, like, uh, the lower self and the higher self. And with the, the philosophy of, um, of chakras, that's like a it's, a, it's a, it's an analog and you move through it, right? You don't just jump to the top. You move from the bottom to the middle to the top to your right. higher self. And so what I'm saying is, is that sexism is something that's way bigger. It's way, like, it's huge. And so it's, I mean, I, I'm just speaking for people who don't want to speak, right? Okay. And, okay. and but we all know that what, what's popping and what's really going down in our thoughts and our behaviors, we all do. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, some people express those thoughts and that behavior uh, <clears throat> to the detriment of others and through power. Right. And so finally, we're getting at a point right now because um, Harvey Weinstein, for whatever reason, maybe he got too big for his britches out there in Hollywood. But he took that huge L from Ronan Farrow. Right. Roman Farrow. And then now, like, you know, there's a a bit of a a trend that's happening where people are just coming out, strength in numbers. And so um, I'm I'm sitting back and I'm watching. I'm eating my popcorn and I'm just saying, like, you know, who's next? (laughs) But sexism, you know, I, I it's not something that, oh, okay, now it's just like Matt, Matt Lauer just caught that L because he just did something. No, it's because NBC knows, like, what's really going on right now, and they don't want to get caught. They, like, now it's, it's, like, almost okay. It's not cool to harbor them, is what I'm trying to say. Otherwise, they would have continued harboring like they've been doing. Well, getting back to your lower self, higher self mm. remark, that mm. goes back to something I think is an ingenious that people have said and that you have repeated, or maybe you invented it. I think you yeah, about uh, being low on the brainstem. No, that oh, was yeah. your thought, right? No, 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 well, no. It definitely wasn't. Yeah, I didn't invent I, that. Yeah, but but, yeah, but I, I just, think that that's a really yeah. important reference mm. going back to that lower self, and that might be to answer your 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 uh-huh. question, AJ. That might be why maybe it's so much easier or so much more instinctual to violate someone based on sex. It's it's a it's a base. It's a primal response. You see something you like, you go for it, you know, in a without any consideration. So you don't you think know, that racism is a race, primal? Race, of course, I think race is a pro- racism is a problem. But no, no, no. In no, terms I mean of primal, the, oh, primal. Uh, primal, yeah, and that's the question: Is responding to someone 
based on their external appearance as primal as responding to someone based on a tr- just 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 uh just visceral attr- just attraction just animal attraction i think that the animal attraction part might be the brain stem <laughs> and then you know beyond that you know tribalism which is what human beings have practiced from the beginning of time you know, is is natural and primal as well, but I don't know if it's as base as the sort of the knee jerk reaction of seeing something that you think you like. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be honest. I'm kind of a little lost about the higher or lower self, all that that you're talking. I mean, about. in Christian parlance, it's it's uh, flesh versus spirit. Same, you know, okay, it's the same thing. Okay, yeah, but basically, as you know, as we point out, both of these issues, racism and sex and sexism, are deep seated issues and I, I do kind of hear your point uh eva as far as kind of you know like if we go all the way back to the beginning of the history of mankind what what issue surfaced first you know there could be an argument that sexism was the the first issue before racism even, even became an issue because i don't believe if we go all the way back racism wasn't an issue at the beginning I, I think we could probably trace a time where it did start to become an issue where we did start mm-hmm. to divide amongst each other as as people based on skin tone or culture um but looking at the here and now in in America here and now what is the the bigger issue uh you know you know honestly I believe racism is the bigger issue in in this culture here and now and as you know getting back to aj's point you know um aside from you know i did make the comment as far as looking at the yeah the physical comparing the physical acts and making sure you know we're not comparing physical acts to 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 words but if you uh say say just going on words if you say sexist comments compared to racist comments you are going to get more of a backlash in society uh, by saying sexist comments than you would racist comments and i believe that is shown throughout the the media coverage on those things what is the reason for that what do you think the reason would be dan um i I do uh I do agree a, a little bit with Avery as far as just the deep-seated issues in this country uh, regarding uh, regarding slavery being the foundation of this country, regarding uh, oppression throughout the centuries and, and today. And, you know, slavery didn't just end. It became Jim Crow laws, It you know, and... And now it became, you know, the pipeline to prison. So it's still going on. And I think when we look back, you know, the last century, the 19th, 20th century, um, the the movement that seemed to gain more traction at first was for women's rights uh, com- compared to civil rights. And, right. and um, so that, that seemed to have a bit more back in in this country and i think that that's what we're more behind mm. uh than we're we're backing it more than we are with with people's civil rights honestly with so we're yeah we're taking more stock in 
treating, uh, making sure that women get treated more fairly than someone of a different race. Um, obviously, you know, again, to Eva's point is this is not a oppression Olympics and we're not trying to compete about who's oppressed more. Um, no, it's, it's more about the hearts of people, right? Cause when you, you mentioned social media, think, just think about in general, people's response. If I just tweet the hashtag me too, Oh, really? Oh, man. But if I then tweet the hashtag Black Lives Matter, oh, man, come on, man. You see what I'm saying? I haven't said anything else. I just tweeted the hashtag. And the response that you'd get would be starkly different. And that's where I'm like, "Mm, if these guys were committing racist acts or racist words, doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Racist acts or racist words. I mean, for God's sakes, Medgar Evers' killer got convicted like what 20 30 years later i mean so whether it's acts or words and i was just looking through mm. the list so rick majera rick najera from cbs all he did this is what his accusation was inappropriate comments to performers and he was forced to resign so as i'm saying everybody on the list it wasn't an act now there are guys who committed acts in yeah. here but there are a bunch of guys that just said stuff inappropriate and they're gone like poof Poof pile, be gone. Remember Martin Lawrence, poof pile, be gone. All right, anyway. Right? Thank. Oh, with Shanene's yeah. Poof mm. pile, be gone, yeah. All right, just hashtag. Shout out to Martin Lawrence. Um, but just some words, just some inappropriate comments, right, to performers. Now, again, uh, just to, to drive that, that point home, how many environments have we been in where inappropriate racist comments have been yeah. said by people in managerial positions in power and nothing happens it's just kind of like it's kind of shrugged off laughed off well, you know eh. <clears throat> but if those same comments were sexist it would the 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 visceral nature of the response i think would be much stronger and i think to 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 Dan's point you know there's a certain backing there's a certain feeling there's a certain empathy with sexism that you do not see from people when it pertains to racism and looking down the the timeline of american history which you know that's the way that my brain works um the only thing that i can think people who oppose what you just said would be able to point to is that black men got the vote before white women you know, but that's the only point that I can think of within American history. Historically, yeah. You know, historically where there would have been any, if you're looking at preference, and I think that even black men getting the right to vote before white women was political. But, you know, regardless of all that, that's the only thing I can see. Because you brought up a very important point that we can have a whole podcast on about the consequences uh, given to these people who murdered these civil rights folks. We have an entire, well, first of all, we have hundreds of years, but we have a very a critical mass within history, a, grit, a critical time period within uh, 20th century history during the civil rights movement, where a lot of people were murdered uh, who were fighting for the right to vote, for example, and equality, or, you yeah. know, you know, yeah, the right for our equality to be recognized. Many people, many more people have killers who are still walking around, maybe walking on a cane or maybe they're past and then they're, you know, they have relatives who knew about it. But people who either went to their graves or are extremely old right now who never 
were prosecuted. That's good. Even yeah. if they were brought to to we have a whole group of people right now who are living right now yeah. who who are not like the killer of Medgar Evers. That that's something that was but you know, the swamps of Mississippi, we have all kinds of locations where these types of things took place where nobody said a word. You know, and even remember I think it's earlier this year, even the person who accused um uh Emmett Till of of something that either way yes. his killing yes. woman, did not woman. match yeah, is now repenting and you know of course you one foot in the grave and now you're going to repent and the boy is, has been dead since he was 14 years old so um so we have so there's something there's something there and i you know i appreciate this topic being brought up where uh there's and, and it's difficult to point to the the actual reason but it's but racism is systematic in this country and for some reason we shrink back, even when Howard Stern made the nappy-headed ho- nappy-headed hose comment years yeah, that wasn't ago. Howard Stern, but yeah, who was it? No, was it, no, it's Don Imus. Yeah, Don, Don Imus. Imus. Yeah, oh, thank yeah, you, yeah, thank Don you. It was Imus. not Howard Stern, but it was Don Imus. I've remembered Don Imus since basically when I was born. He's like a fixture in New York radio, mm-hmm. but I don't remember there being any huge consequence going to him based on what he said about those basketball players. So, um, so yeah, there's just there was yes, just a little slap on the wrist. He just made the difference. apologize. That's it between the way that people, the way that our nation responds to people who make yeah. sexist comments versus racist and actions yeah. as well. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I don't want to minimize in any way, shape, or form, you know, women who have experienced sexist acts because it is- Not at all. It's atrocious and, you know, literally- Women and men. Yeah. Women and men, yeah. Good point. Has, you know, shout out to Terry Crews who you know, exposed all that stuff that happened to him. He was actually on um, Good Morning America. Yeah, he got interviewed, but Probably. yeah, no, to all homo sapiens who that has happened to, you know, this is not to minimize any of that, but it is to really, you know, bring attention to the way in which people respond to different forms of oppression, right? Different forms of misconduct, injustice, yeah, different types of injustice. I think that our hearts have to be open across the board when when people experience, um, you know, just you know things that are an affront to their humanity um you know we 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 have to have empathy for for people and just understand that just because something that it's not that something that you've gone through doesn't mean that you can just kind of dismiss it and 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 brush it aside so are you lost in translation are you looking to expand your business to the booming asian market let us introduce you to sinotrans international at Sinotrans International, they are dedicated to becoming your bilingual gateway to bridge the language and cultural barrier between you and the booming Asian marketplace worldwide. Whatever your language needs are, Sinotrans has an international team of native experts who specialize in high quality, reliable, and accurate Asian language translation services for high tech, legal, commercial, and all major industries. Get in touch with Sinotrans today for a free quote. Call 650-856-0749 or visit them at www.sinotransinternational.com. That's S-I-N-O-T-R-A-N-S-I-N-T-L.com. Please support our sponsors the way they support this podcast and let them know you heard about them at Across the Intersection. Uh, and we're back. We're back. What's going on, everybody? Um, so I read an article in the Gospel Coalition um, or on the Gospel Coalition's website 
Um, it was about a gentleman. Um, his name is Cole Brown. <laughs> Cole, second Martin Lawrence uh, reference uh, of the oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> Coley Cole. Oh, Coley Cole wrote a <laughs> wrote an article. Um, he's a pastor of a, uh, of a church in Portland, Oregon, um, and it's a church in which he himself identifies it as a quote unquote multi ethnic church. Um, and the the title of his article were is um, concerns about pursuing multi-ethnic churches, which I thought was interesting since he is a self-proclaimed pastor of a multi-ethnic church. Um, I thought that was very interesting. And so what what Cole did was he he mentioned three particular points. Um, I don't know, they were like cautions or whatever um, in, in terms of his view of multi-ethnic church is planting i guess if you want to call it that so i'm just going to read off the three then we'll you know we, we we chop it up so he says his first point and he goes into depth on each point but you know for sake of time we're just going to talk about each point um he says uh, he worries that many who desire to lead multi-ethnic churches continue to live mono-ethnic lives and i thought okay um his second concern he said he worries that many who desire to lead multi-ethnic churches continue to listen to mono-ethnic voices. And then he said, um, he worries that many who desire to lead multi-ethnic churches confuse having people of color present in a church with being multi-ethnic. Question, is this a black guy? Uh, no, white guy. Oh, okay. See, that frames that frames it for me. Okay. Um, and, and it's kind of funny because something that he mentioned in the article was he... The reason that he had these concerns is because he gets calls from other white pastors like, yo, what do I got to do to make my church multi-ethnic? He's like, you calling me? I'm a white guy. Either like, way, that's it seems like there's a problem right there. You know, if if I am a multi-ethnic person, right, talking about organically, you know, creating a, a honest lifestyle and honest ministry. If I'm a multi-ethnic person, then I don't even have to say I want to lead a multi-ethnic church. That will be an outgrowth of who I am. Right. So my question becomes, why would someone who knows that they're mono-ethnic and doesn't necessarily change that within themselves say, I want to have a multi-ethnic church? Unless it's a trend, where do they get that idea from well, if they are mono-ethnic? I think some of, the, some of the points that he did make speak to it about, you know, not having mono-ethnic voices and making sure your lifestyle is not mono-ethnic so that those things need to come first way yes. before if i believe you know those things are addressed first before you start this church then that won't be an issue uh i know we spoke pre-production a little bit we keep saying pre-production but uh, we sound fancy <laughs> yeah we, we sound fancy but you know my my issue all, all together is with with this when we try to uh create these multi-ethnic churches we try to create them rather than as the term aj used organically yeah. the letting it organically happen so if if i'm uh if i'm trying to put a church in a white suburban area then i'm going to get mostly white people and and then if if i'm trying to make a multi-ethnic and just trying to kind of force you know people of different cultures to i use the term force loosely but tr really trying to coerce coerce them to come to the church that's 
yeah, that's manufactured. And so it's not happening organically and it's not genuine. But if, I mean, if, if I'm going to a, a neighborhood which has different cultures, different ethnicities there, then I, and I establish a church there and I'm genuine about it, then, then those, you know, then those different ethnicities come to the church and it becomes multi-ethnic. Obviously you can come to, you can go to multi, being a, being a church in a multi-ethnic neighborhood doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a multi-ethnic church because you can, as some of the points that he made, if, you know, if, if you're living a mono or what's the mono, I say monolithic, ethnic. but I was mono, gonna say mono ethnic mono ethnic lifestyle, and you're hearing mono ethnic voices, and you try to uh, you go into a multi ethnic neighborhood, but you're trying to establish a quote unquote white church and how you run things, yes, and what you teach, because you you may not necessarily say I want only want white people here, but you're you're catering to a white culture in a multi-ethnic neighborhood, then that's, yeah, then that's dead wrong. But if you, if you're really desiring to, um, you know, not, not follow that trend of, you know, mono ethnicism and really trying to establish a, a church, you know, that you're teaching would reflect, um, really reflect what the Bible says because the Bible is not is not mono ethnic. The Bible addresses all cultures. If if you're teaching flat out what the Bible says, not American Christianity, but what the Bible says yeah. in a multi ethnic neighborhood, then you will have uh, organically you will have a multi ethnic church. All kinds of heart checks need to take place, maybe for five, ten years. Uh, you need to you need to go to a therapist before you even embark on that. And part of the reason I bring this up is because there are two examples that spring to mind immediately. Actually, one of them is in Chicago. I had a friend who's in Chicago and there was a white culture or just a white pastor who decided to plant in a black neighborhood. Two problems arise. The first problem is that there was an assumption on the part of this person, and this happens all the time, that if he wants black people, he goes straight to the middle of poverty. That was like, there are all kinds of black people running around. This person is middle class. Running around. <laughs> yes. There are all kinds of black people running around. The, the, the guy who wanted to plant a church is middle class and he comes from that type of cultural environment. But when he thinks, okay, I need to find black people in my church, he goes directly to the center of poverty. What is it that causes him, first of all, ethnically not ethnically economically to go straight to a poverty-stricken neighborhood and to him that is a black neighborhood why didn't he go i have plenty of friends in chicago who i went to undergrad with who were in middle class black neighborhoods why is it that first of all the assumption is that if i want to minister to black people and i'm a white person and i want to plant a church in a black neighborhood why is the first thing that comes to mind, I need to find the poorest, most destitute neighborhood there is? First of all, so that's the first problem, and that's the reason why a heart check needs to take place. The second reason is that the friend of mine who was a part of this church plant had a situation where... Oh, they were a part of it, okay. Well, yeah, he actually, this is a black friend who actually joined this white church plant in the middle of the hood, but the problem was the hood was looked down upon in just the most ugly possible way by the people who ran this church. 
So the the, the people they, they were in this neighborhood, but they were looking at the that at the at the inhabitants of the neighborhood, uh, just in a way that was disdainful, disdainful of their culture, the way that they spoke, their level of education. There was no regard for them as image bearers of God, and there was an a there was a, a desire to correct things that had nothing to do with sin. These were just cultural things, and some of these attributes that the folks had were not even cultural. They were poverty based. You know, there's a certain certain things that come about because of poverty, not because of the innate right, culture. Right. So I think that someone who decides, okay, I want to have a multi-ethnic or I want to actually traverse the whole or, or transcend all of ethnicity and just go into a neighborhood, they need to do plenty <laughs> of heart checks before they even think about doing it. Yep. Because even things that, that they don't even realize that they are doing, coming into a different neighborhood or trying to have a mixed uh, group within their church, they're doing, and it's actually very ruinous, and it t- turns people away from Christ. Well, this is what he said. He said in the article, I just want to read one line. He says, becoming a multi-ethnic church is not a program change. He said, if your life isn't multi-ethnic, yep. it will be difficult and potentially damaging yep. to try and make a multi-ethnic church. I thought that that was like, yeah, that's pretty much spot on to what you just said. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that <clears throat> due to our history, that uh, white people have a different uh, responsibility than uh, black people and then the in-betweens. Because really, that's what it is. Like, when we say people of color is primarily black people, and then we form allegiances with other groups that are much smaller in percentage, except for um, <clears throat> Central and South Americans. But anyway, I think that uh, white people have a different responsibility and uh so i don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with the with the thought i think that it's very important to be thinking about um air quotes diversity uh, but i think that it needs to be called for what it is and the 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 pc way of saying monoethnic that's why i asked like okay well what is this person because i thought the person was black and there are different rules there are different rules for black people than there are white people like I mean, there are because we have a different history, we have a different heritage, no, 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 you're, different you're lineage, right, you're right. and there are different rules. That's why, like, I just, <clears throat> but I had to ask that question. I'm like, okay, so I agree with a lot of what what, what was said. Uh, I, I I I agree. I think that I think that um, that multi ethnic part uh, of life. What is like your basis and your view of where you fit in the world is very important. Because you carry that into a leadership position, then you're going to be continuing the very thing yeah. that you say that you're trying to dismantle. And that, 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 that idea of white man's burden, which I didn't make that term up. That's historically a white term, right? And manifest destiny. And that is the, the, the concept of civilizing the savage, which was, which was, which was a uh, mission statement essentially, um, for colonialism. And so um, this is that's exactly what it is. Like that idea, what you just described, what's wrong with these this people? We're here, we want to help them. You know, Because there's nothing necessarily wrong in my eyes to target um, to target an impoverished area that happens to be black. No, it's like we can't not. run from that. That's what a majority of our places are. But, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, a lot of, play, yeah, yeah. We, we yes, our median household income. Remember, we said before four thousand dollars, and yeah, it's that's it's 
We're basically we're, we're broke. Yeah. In 2053, <laughs> we're gonna have zero wealth. Most black people are not we're, in the we're poverty-stricken category. My the, issue is not medi- that you would go median- and, medi- and, and, and minister to poverty-stricken people. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying that what comes yeah. to the mind of a person when they think about ministering to black folks yeah. is poverty. Yeah. When most black people are not under the poverty line, there's there there. I think people need to self-examine. That's all. Yeah, I think. Are you sure about that? Yes. Because I mean, statistics would say otherwise. No, 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 no. I, I mean, well, this I was not. I mean, we're in Prince George's County, but there's not, no, I'm not a even lot talking of about places where we are like now. here. Most black people are not under the poverty line, and that's that hasn't been the case in a long time. So it's just bizarre. I think people need to. So we're gonna have to get back to that. We're gonna have to get back to that. Okay. I, I think you know, there's a couple of issues here. We talked about the multicultural aspect. Eva hinted out at the classism thing. That's another thing too so i think that uh you know important not only if you know not to have uh quote-unquote mono-ethnic lives if you're trying to establish a multi-ethnic church but if you're trying to go into an impoverished neighborhood you shouldn't have a mono class classism life yeah either a, a, a thing that you know that i commend you know some pastors for is that they will live in the neighborhoods that they're trying to reach and that's what i would encourage especially if you're if you're coming from a middle class background but you're trying to reach out to to an impoverished neighborhood you need to live in that neighborhood you need to understand the life you need to establish relationships with with people of a different classism or a different class in yourself, whether you're a white pastor, whether you're a black pastor, I think there, you know, there's a difference, you know, there's a divide. It's not just ethnicity, but we're different based on what class we are. Like, uh, oftentimes, and I, I don't want to stray this topic too much, but we can, we can oftentimes even relate to people of different races. If we're the same class, if yeah. we're all middle class, then we could, with with someone even of the same race who's of a different class. Yeah, not. I just look at this particular article. Like I said, when we talked about it before we recorded, was I believe that this guy had a genuine heart. You know, most of the listen, you don't set out to start a church most of the time without a genuine heart. Yeah, I yeah. know there there are absolutely some, you know, there there are cats that are crooks that start churches to do business, and there are a lot of churches that are just business, but. You know, the people, I'm not talking about the institution because you know, I really have very little love for the institution, but it's the people. And so this guy sounds like he had a genuine heart. And I think the the misconception is, you know, because another statement that he makes in the article, which I think is very powerful. And I think it goes to Avery's point was in the U.S., there's no more visible and inexplicable unity than unity across racial divide because of the history of this country. Because of the history of this country, race unity, you know, racial unity is one of the most powerful displays of unity that the church can portray. But here's the issue. I don't believe that multi-ethnic, quote unquote, churches are the, the route to take for that. I think that. You know, like Dan was saying, if I'm in a white neighborhood, the church is going to be full of white people. Yeah. If I'm in a black neighborhood, it's going to be full of black folks. If I'm in a Spanish neighborhood, it's going to be a lot of Latinos or Chicanos. or You know what I'm saying? They're, that is the people group that surrounds the place where I gather and fellowship. The, that's not the problem. The problem is, as Eve was saying, that we have the inability of seeing the image of God in people who don't look like us. 
That is the real problem. So if I'm a white Christian or a black Christian or a whatever Christian, I need to learn to be able to see the image of God in people who don't look like me. And then I can go to a white church and it doesn't matter because when I get around my brothers who don't look like me, I still see God. I can still hear God. See, we can't do that because you don't look like me or you're not from the denomination I'm from or you're not where I'm from geographically, whatever it is. And so we have to create, you know, like Dan said, we have to manufacture this artificial multicultural space in order to try to do that. When in actuality, if we were to disciple the people properly, going back to our first story, full gospel, if we were to disciple the people properly, when we leave, we can go to all white space and it'd be all good. I can go to all black space. It would still be all good or anywhere else and it'd be all good. But we can't do that now because when I get there, all of a sudden it's, uh, uh, and like you said, that that disdain rises yeah. up. And, and by the way, that's why I give credit to a lot of credit <laughs> to the, uh, <laughs> you know, to the people, to people like Brian Dye out of the same city, Chicago, who uh-huh. actually has gone in and has been he and his wife have done this for a long time and actually planted their own lives within certain communities and you know and actually are are ministering from that organic perspective so there are people doing it right but there are also people doing it what i would consider to be wrong where that you know that separation and you must become like i am culturally before you can eat before Mm -hmm. we can even preach the gospel to you there's something off about and there's you know there's there's roots of that you know in going back to the earliest days of Christianity. Unfortunately, I read a book years ago by a Native American brother that said that's the root of the indigenous people's resistance to Christianity. It has nothing to do with the actual faith itself. It has to deal with the 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 you know action of literally trying to erase their culture. So they resist Christianity because of that. Yeah, so anyway, just, I just, you know. Yeah, just kind of, again, going back to a point I made before, it's about really you know, establish establishing churches based on the Bible, not our cultural preferences and not trying to change anyone's cultural preferences, not trying to make them adjust to that. But if we're just preaching what the Bible says, then there will be unity. But if we're trying to cause people to adjust to our culture, our, our ideology, then mm-hmm. maybe, hashtag stick yeah. to that Bible. I mean, honestly, if we did that, we'd have to close 90% of churches. I mean, I'm sorry to piss off Christian people, but if what you just said, if we did that, we would literally have to close 90 to 95% of the churches worldwide and start over again, you know, so, which is what people ain't going to do. They're not going to do that. So we're going to, unfortunately, it's, it's going to kind of go on the way it is. I'm kind of that glass half empty person, but. And because in, in, in order to do what you just said, Dan, it, it's a structural change. It's not a change in people and operation. It's a literal structural change. And it's like it, it's you know speaking from a construction perspective, it's one thing to come in here, and renovate this house, right? Take some walls down, repaint new carpet. I can do that fast. But if I want to change the structure of this house, that's different. That, that's significant demolition. I have to demolish some things and rebuild in a different way. That's a different that's a different thing. And so to do what you just said requires some demolition first. We got to go in and throw the, the the TNT and boom and blow some things up, which is what Christians ain't going to do because that that gets into my bread, that gets into other areas and people get scared when you start saying, "Yo, what 
what you're doing structurally is ineffective or unbiblical or you know whatever so we got to start over yeah well if, and this is a whole nother topic if we if we don't do it then i think god is going to do that oh, and yeah. I've, i mentioned before how uh, persecution is what i think will unify us as christians when that comes you know the whole house is going down and we're going to be rebuilt oh, from yeah. the ground up Next time somebody tells you, I wish we were like the first century church, just say, yo, you want you want them chopping your head off too? You want them throwing you in the line, you know, with in the Colosseum with the lions? Guess you give up the part. Anyway, so we're gonna end off this week, guys. I, I know we just, we just took a really good thing and just made it really really negative. I wouldn't mind meeting yeah. at Phoebe's house and, and turning and taking the steeple and burning it. You know, mm. Phoebe, let's meet at your house. Yeah. Um no, nah, you know, you know how I do. So that you know, you <laughs> preach to the choir. So well, those, and, go ahead. A. Those things happen today. Yeah, just not here. Yeah, just not in the United U.S. States, yeah, yes. in, in Western culture. You're, you're exactly right because I know people from the Ukraine and from China uh, and Africa and in West Asia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So this week in the news, we thank y'all for rocking with us. You know, so so long this week but you know we just wanted to wrap it up on a interesting point you know for our this week in the news segment hashtag t-w-i-n-w something i don't know <laughs> this week in the news okay yeah. Got it. <laughs> i gotta get better at hashtags um so the archbishop of canterbury mr justin webley he was interviewed um, by a Christian publication in Britain. It's called Peston on Sunday. Um, and if you guys want to look it up, it's on the it's a the publication is called Premier P R E M I E R. Um, it's a, a publication out of the United Kingdom. Um, but Mr. Webley, um, he's interviewed by this gentleman, um, Mr. Peston, um, on his I guess it's like a weekly Sunday, you know, like the Sunday news talk shows here in the United States. They have the same thing in England, and he's asked about um, forty-five. And um, Archbishop Webley po- very poignantly says he does not understand the support that forty-five gets, in large part from Christians. He said he just doesn't understand how. A man whose stance is on women, whose stance is on immigration and minorities, he just does not understand how an individual like that can receive such wholesale support from Christians in America. And I thought that that was such an interesting thing for him to say, being someone who's kind of an outsider to U.S. you know Christian ideology. Right. Someone who's not in this country. He's so he's not indoctrinated all day long with God and country. And, you know, Jesus was a patriot, you know, all of that stuff that you hear 24 seven over here. Someone out of, you know, out of this sort of sphere to then look at it from the outside looking in and say, how are you people who call yourselves Christians? How are you supporting this guy? I mean, just like in mass and. If you guys are interested, like Peston on Sunday, you can go follow him on Twitter. The, the interview is actually on Twitter as well. He um, puts the, the clip on Twitter. But just wanted to throw that out there. So an outside Christian leader from another country looking at American Christianity saying, how do you support this this individual? <laughs> you know, how do you support 45 in, you know, so so forcefully? It also goes, goes to show that those of us who do not support him, you know, need to work on our public relations because, of course, the assumption for him is, you know, some people might say it's correct or not correct, is that Christians in America support 
45. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of some people don't like uh, Christians to have opposing opinions in the public sphere or the public on the public square, but we should show that there are actually Christians who are looking at this Bible and comparing our leaders to it and making decisions. Yeah, and kind of more to that point, I'm kind of looking at how Britain is. I think I think they are similar to the United States in a, in a lot of ways. There are not just the conservative Christians. There's the liberal Christians and there's i could very well see even because you've had the whole brexit thing and all that (laughs) i could very well see you know a donald trump uh facsimile or whatever a donald trump clone (laughs) happening there so i could see some people say may is exactly that but go ahead yeah but i i could see something like that happening there and some christians getting behind him and some christians being opposed so it's Mm -hmm. a matter of you know, again, as Eva said, there are they the quote unquote, you know, Americanized Christianity or churchianity, mm-hmm. as we've said before, and so that those people back Trump, and then there's other people who are Christians, myself included, <laughs> uh, who do not support Donald Trump. Um, do you think it's more of the loudest Christians are the ones that I, support him? I think. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there, I'm, you know. So, nationalism. Mm-hmm. Nationalism. and a conf- Nationalism is what it is, and it's a conflation or a, a mixing together of my faith and my country. And right. it's this, it's, it, it is uh, history, uh, a, a, a made-up past that paints us in... I mean, us as in the American, I'm not necessarily, I mean, you could even say black Americans because we forget our past, um, like, like we're this beacon on the hill to to essentially like make the world, like run the world basically. And well, well, isn't that blessed by God? Like that's what, that, that, that's what we think that we are. Dan mentioned it earlier that like if people actually read, which they don't, if people actually read the Bible and examined it for themselves as opposed to as opposed to the the group think that that goes on right being then, told yeah. being told yeah then they 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 wouldn't do these things i mean you, this this person's the very manifestation of me first i mean everything he does has his his name on it <laughs> like has his name first he's the very he's the he's the very, but isn't, man, isn't that, that yeah. how this country is Founded exactly. our principles, me first. Exactly, exactly. So he's the most we, American president. Yeah, they they slap <laughs> they slap the Christian thing or the faith thing on there. I, the, I mean, we got that, got that from Britain. So well, that that, that was my other point. Do, yeah. do you think this is a, like a pot calling a kettle black? You know, with the with the Brexit thing and those people who were leading that nationalist movement in England about a year ago. Mm, I see. As opposed to like uh, Britain's history. Yeah. Right. Uh, both, both, and both. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, but I'm I, saying their most re- like their recent yeah. history yeah. is Theresa May. Yeah, I, yeah, I, w- I would say that's kind of the point I was making. I'm kind of a lot of what you see there, you know, or what you see here happens there. So a lot of what we get comes from there. So it's kind of for him to act all surprised like that can't happen there. I was saying that very well can happen in in Britain. They very well can have a 
Donald Trump. I mean, look at the way his his denomination was formed. The Anglican Church only exists because Henry VIII couldn't get what he wanted to get <laughs> from the get Catholic right. Church. He, he I'll just keep it that way yeah. to keep it clean. And then now the Anglican Church that this guy, uh, you know, uh, serves under, you know, was formed. So, yeah, I mean, if we look back even a few years, then we'll find all kinds of messiness within our human systems. Ah, uh, man. Again, we started out positive and negative. So, anyway. <laughs> No, I think, you know, people got to be a little bit more cognizant to their history. I think we kind of can be ignorant to our, our history and can be very short-sighted so we can say things like, oh, how could that happen? It's like, how could it happen? Have you not been around? You know, have you not been around and look around? Um, but at at a minimum, I'll just give him credit for at least saying it, yeah. you know, on like on a television show. You know what I mean? I would at least, you know, I can at least appreciate that he would put that he would apply some pressure to believers to think like, hey, yeah, why do I support this guy? Like, yeah. you know, as Avery says, he's me first, which is the complete antithesis, thank you. Of, of one Jesus Of Christ. one said, you know, Yeshua, Jesus, right? Um, yeah, but it's the complete, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But it, it is, it does describe American church and It embodies, yeah, yeah fully. It embodies, yeah. So anyway, believers, as we always conclude our shows as saying is we got to do better, man. We got to do better. At some point, one of these positive stories is going to end positive <laughs> when we start to dissect it. Uh, but as always, we do appreciate you guys for rocking with us. You know, we went a little long this week, but we had two weeks of information that we had to let loose on. So um, as always, I always say, you know, I'm going to keep God in the mix so they put me in the ground. And I appreciate y'all for listening to us one more again. For Avery, Eve, and Dan, this is AJ saying peace. Peace out. Peace. Later. Let's get started. I won't teach you. Let me set apart who is my people. The ones who set in their heart to be believers. Press on to the mark to follow Jesus. When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders. Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten. Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving. Don't follow their feelings that are being misleading. They the ones that keeping it biblical Keep it 100 when others saying it's fictional A relational life, that is how it's scriptural A stay in the light while cats be living typical Integrity we chose cause folks is hypocritical Religion